welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. Today is part one of two of an interview with Kaylee Forsyth. The title of this episode is Plants, Plant Work, and Emotional Health. We had a, sat down and had a great conversation, and the episode uh, was about like 40 minutes, seemed too long, so I, I, I like to shoot for about 20 to 25 minutes, usually. So I split it into two episodes, and here's the first one. I think it's a, I think it's a stimulating conversation. Enjoy. So we are here, back in the studio. Well, I've been in the studio, but I have a guest with me in the studio. For the first time in, I don't know, 15 or 16 months, Weather of the Mind podcast is doing some interviews. And today I have Kaylee Forsyth. This is someone I know from around town in Ithaca. This is a writer and a thinker and has a lot of very interesting insights on life, her life, the emotional life. So naturally a good match for Weather of the Mind podcast. And she just put out a piece, a written piece, which I have a link to that in the show notes. And the written piece is on the website called Vocal Media. And the name of the piece is called Root Bound. Again, that link will be in the show notes on the website, weatherofthemind.org. So let's hear from Kaylee. Let's, 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 we're coming out of this corona time, so let's tell me a little bit about your corona times. You seem like someone who I think benefited from the disruption. Let us know a little bit about what was going on. Well, I, it's hard to say I enjoyed Corona times, but I did a lot of self-reflecting and I definitely, that's where a number of the hobbies that I have to this day came from, is needing to fill my time with something that would make me happy. And that's, I started cultivating plants. I started practicing yoga more every day. It was a time where you could do anything because we had all the spare time in the world. You know, what are you going to do to make you happy? And I think we were all asking ourselves that to a certain degree. So your foundations during this time, working with plants, yoga, what else? Journaling, writing, listening Mm -hmm. to music. Definitely got more into cooking as well. Mm -hmm. It became, I mean, it really was all about nourishment, even like nourishment for the body, nourishment for the mind, nourishment for the soul. Mm -hmm. So in your essay, you talk a lot about... uh, developing this relationship to plants, a relationship you already had, but mm-hmm. like developing it, like taking it to the next level. And I, I wanted to read a, a little excerpt from your essay that caught my, caught my mind or caught my ear or my eyes. Quote, for the first half of the year, I was blissfully solitary. And like many folks, it was gardening and plant cultivation that saved my life in the revolutionary and life-changing way that Hollywood tends to portray romantic love. It was a real share in Moonstruck transformation. I went from having five houseplants to having to having over 50. So can you tell us more about that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, well, first I guess I should start with that Moonstruck is my comfort movie and I watched ah. it, I watched it many, many times during quarantine. And I, uh, so I, that is why I included that in it. Mm. But I now have, close to 60 houseplants. I have completely redecorated the whole apartment. I have a little corner that I can sit in. I got a chair. It's a real spot in my house where I can go to 
it, no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm reading, no matter what's happened in my life, I can go to this corner, I can sit in this chair. I'm surrounded by plants. The air feels different. I can't explain. I mean, I, I'm sure there is a real reason why the oxygen. There's 60 organisms breathing. <laughs> right. I, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So it just, it, and everything is quiet and it just is so, the air smells cleaner and just feels cleaner. And it's a real, it's a real easy way to ground yourself. So what's cool about going from having five plants to 60 plants is, yeah, you've created a space. You said that you have a chair, a space to sit. And it's so not only like this is an amazing ritual that or hobby or however we define it, because the, the act of raising and, and developing these relationships with these plants. But then you also have built this space. It's, it's, I think that's a really cool, cool part of it. Not every um, ritual comes with also a space. Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess one of my rituals that got me through Corona was bike riding. So the space was the country roads and the, the trail, the bike trail through the woods and the, and the fields. The movement is very crucial. I mean, movement, yeah. So would you think of movement a lot when you think of your plants? Yeah, I mean, I have plants. I have one plant that I love that... Um, my prayer plant and the leaves, depending on the time of day, lift up or lift down. It's part of the process of, uh, it's, a, it's related to the humidity, but it's just very beautiful to watch. And then you can watch my Monstera sprouted a new leaf and you can watch like the tiny leaf node become a slightly bigger leaf and then it, it, blow, it blossoms and it's just, I, I don't know, it's, there's nothing more beautiful to watch for me than that. That's awesome. Here's another quote, uh, another quote from your essay I wanted to share. Quote, it has become, talking about, talking about planting, you know, transplanting here. It has become a sacred ritual. I spread a towel out over the living room floor and gather the necessary tools. Scissors, coffee filters, the larger pot and potting soil. Plunging my hands into the dirt is euphoric. Dot, dot, dot. For me, it's a spiritual experience. It's grounding and awe-inspiring. This root ball gathers water and nutrition from the soil and transforms it into new leaves. I, I underlined it's grounding and awe-inspiring. And I like that because when I try to wish people well, I often think of like, I hope you're grounded and inspired at the same time. Like how do we inspire? It sometimes feels like you're, you're up in the air and you're floating. It can feel but, a bit manic. Yeah, yeah, but grounded is still... So the fact that you wrote about feeling grounding and inspired at the same time, I, I, I resonate with that. Maybe that's something about just working with, maybe, you know, maybe cooking in the same way. It's something about, I don't know, you're making something or you're, you're, you're helping foster healthy life with these plants. Well, and I mean, it's not exactly the same, but with plants, you'll, if you see something going wrong, you fix it. And it's the same thing with cooking. You have to, it's, it's all about, you know, you taste it. Oh, it needs a little of this, a little of that. Nobody can create the same dish. You know, two people can't create the same dish. And it's very it, creative. Anything that's creative. You think anything that's creative is grounding and inspiring? It can be. It depends it on, be. I think everybody, I think if we broadened our definition of what creativity is, I think... Creativity is so crucial. What do you think we're not? Um, what do you think we're not? Well, I just I don't think people. I mean, chefs maybe, but like you, I think that's your creativity is cooking, mm, and that's certainly one yeah, of them, yeah. And if you think about it that way, it kind of changes the whole way you think about it. I'm not just making myself a meal; like this is a whole experience. Yeah, making me hungry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about. I, I'm very. 
I feel like your essay was good at speaking about themes of emotional health and work. And work is a place we don't talk about enough because work is a place where people might spend 20, 30, 40, 50 hours, depending on the type of job they have. So tell us a little bit about some of the insights you had about emotional health and work. Well, I was working at a very popular um, upstate New York brewery that was busy from 12 when we opened to 9 when we closed. Mm. And I would be doing the same job for that extended amount of time. So I'd be at the computer. And for me, I'm very introverted. And I don't, I, I like people, but I don't like a line of people that are all very hungry. And what most, job were you doing, hostess? No, I wasn't no. host. Well, I did hostessing sometimes, but most of the time I was taking orders for like food. So I yep. had to be conscious of the fact I don't want to overwhelm the kitchen employees who are people, but yeah. people don't see them as people. Right. So I'm trying to space that out. But everybody that's coming up to me is hungry and grumpy and in the sun and they want to eat right now. And it's just dealing with a lot of, it was dealing with a lot of disappointed people all day. Hmm. And, and again, the problem with disappointed people in the service industry is they're often kind of uh, maybe entitled or spoiled inherently because yeah. it's like, you have to wait two minutes, two minutes more for your French fries and beer. It's like, hey, you're sitting in the sun drinking French fries and beer. Chill out. Why are you getting so upset? Like, yeah, right. Like, I don't right. you think everyone would be like, don't worry about it. Like, why is that not the case? I don't know. I think I, there's something about the dynamic between people and service industry employees. I mean, the, I was treated a lot like I wasn't a person. Um, and definitely the people in the kitchen were treated like they weren't people. I had to remind people constantly, you know, your food is taking a while because people are making it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have one pizza oven people, and people are making your food. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be an automated process. It's not a fast food restaurant. And uh, there was a lot of entitlement. There's a college here, an Ivy League college here. I uh-huh. think that changes that dynamic a little bit too. Yeah, it's different service jobs have different challenges. But they all have their challenges, it seems. So, so you decided to get out of the service industry, and like, tell me about that thought process. Did you first know that you want you wanted to get out, or did you, or like, or did you see your new job prospects? Like, what was the order of what was the what was the experience? Um, the experience was not a great one. I knew I didn't want to go back. I like the whole time through Corona that was apparent that you needed you wanted to make a change yeah I started working again in July I worked till November it was um and I stopped working in the winter because there wasn't shifts but not only was there not shifts there was not one but two or three COVID scares and you know I was I needed a break because the summertime was just endlessly endlessly stressful and I knew I didn't want to go back but I was until very recently, I was going to go back because the money is, that's why people are in the service industry. I mean, you don't necessarily take the work home with you. I did because I'm introverted, but I have some friends that don't. So, but the money to effort ratio is so good and it's good for creative people. You know, you can work a shift and then come home and ideally write or whatever you're, so it was hard to give up. And then, but it reached a, I don't know, it reached a point where I just, I couldn't do it anymore so here's a hypothetical say say you were making 25 an hour in the service industry if if you were like i'm trying to figure out how many hours 
how many, how many dollars per hour is, is our emotional health worth? Like, right. I, like, so say I was working in the service industry making 25 an hour. If another job came along that was a lot more peaceful and just like not chaotic and it paid 20 an hour, well, that's $5 less an hour. But if I don't feel emotionally or socially exhausted or stressed, like, uh, did you mention having dreams? So, yeah, once you start having dreams about the, your job because of stress, you know, what is that? What is that? How should that be figured into the equation? Because that's, you know, people don't have numbers for this. And that's kind of a problem. People don't know how to weigh yeah. this emotional stress. I mean, I now I got a new job where I make less. And I work 40 hours a week. I have a set schedule and I make less money. But I make enough money. And mm-hmm. I'm so much happier. And I, I do dream about work. But I dream, so instead I dream about trees. Yeah, t- tell, us about your, <laughs> tell us about the new job. Um, so I work at the... I work at a garden center and I uh, help the landscaping people occasionally. I, I I do a lot of organizing plants. I do a lot of maintenance on the grounds. It's a very physical job and I'm in the dirt all day and I love it. It's but it's and it's less money, but I I wouldn't trade it if the brewery contacted me tomorrow and said, "Hey, you know, we you know, we we need your help." I would say no. So, that would be not even a question to me. How many? How many? Hour, how many dollars per hour is your emotional health worth? Five. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a tough question. I'm just trying That's, to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... It's a good thought. It's a good like thought. Uh, it stirs up good thoughts. Yeah, because I'm so I I'm so yeah I never I don't usually think in terms of numbers. Well, I guess you to do it to, to figure it out. You'd say if job if job X is paying me twenty dollars an hour right now. Um, if the job I don't want says, hey, we want you back, if they're going to pay me, instead of 20, they're going to pay me 30, is that enough that they're like, okay, I'll suck it up? You know, because maybe, I don't know. That's very true. I mean, I guess maybe 30 an hour, but... So there's like, a, we all have a tipping point, but it's very interesting how we weigh these things. I know they wouldn't them. offer me. I know yeah, they, yeah. it's not anything they would offer me, yeah, but yeah, yes. <laughs> so the new job, you seem like this was a... Um, almost a revelation switching to this job. You started taking care of more and more plants and understanding that you love spending time with plants. So like before, you know, two years ago, would you have seen yourself working in a nursery like you are now? Or is that would have been a foreign idea? Like how much of this came to you during through the process of uh, kind of home, home plant cultivation as, as a kind of a, a hobby? I mean, two years ago, my life was radically, radically different. So no, I, w- I was I was I would not have known that at all. So this is a good case study of like a real good like a lot of good positive changes came out of Corona. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, I mean, it started a little before Corona. I had one or two house plants, but yeah, Corona was when it really yeah really exploded. Maybe you're on to a whole new career path with plants. What else from our pandemic times will will remain with you five ten years down the road? Well, already, I mean, it's not just my hobbies and my rituals. I mean, it's it's changed entirely how I view relationships, friendships. It doesn't have to be romantic. It could be any kind of relationship, relationship to family, relationship to friends. I guess I would use the word boundaries. Like, I know more of my limits. I know more of what, and I, I'm respectful. I'm not yeah. disrespectful to anyone, but I know what I, what I will and won't do. And I also, 
opt out of things. I don't want to do, I don't feel this pressure anymore to be extroverted, this pressure to go out. I, I can come, you know, I would like to come home from work, get immediately into my pajamas and read. It's just, I just know my limits now. And I just know myself and I know how to keep myself balanced. Oh, maybe today, you know, I'm not feeling social. And I can say no now. Before I couldn't, that's for sure. Corona times, now I can mm. say no. What personality characteristic or characteristics correlated with success during... Um, I feel like if we just, you know, label like getting a lot of growth and insight out of tough times, success, you know, that with that as a definition of success in this case, if you had a very successful use of your, of your time and feeling positive about it, what... What about your personality or what skills did you think you already had in place that enabled that to happen? I don't know. It might just be introversion and just like yeah, being used to it. Honestly, yeah. I think a lot of introverts kind of did better than extroverts. I, that's what and that kind of makes sense. That does make sense. I wonder if introverts and extroverts, and again, pardon the overgeneralizing. We don't like to do that too much, but you know, yeah, for argument's sake, there are trends here. Yeah. I wonder if... Now that things are reopening, if the extroverts will have more of a boost from now, the introverts will... Well, I mean, like, kind of what you said, I, I'm, as someone who's pretty introverted, I'm having, I'm I'm reawakening very slowly. When I've kind of dipped my foot in the, dipped my foot in the water of socializing, like, going into the bar, it, it was shockingly, like, overstimulating and manicky and loud after a year and then a few yeah. months of quiet. So I still want to socialize and I'm setting some challenges for myself to kind of socialize and, and, and get out there. Um, Cause it's probably, I think it's good for me in the long term. but I also realize that uh, our habits or our routine for the last year plus, it, it definitely has some weight on us. What do you think is the difference between a ritual or a habit or, you know, any thoughts on how those concepts are this overlapping or, or perhaps different and your understanding ritual and habit? I've always just thought that habit was more detached and not necessarily something that you do consciously. A ritual is something that, you know, my Monday is my plant Monday. Like I consciously water everything that needs to be watered. I fertilize things that need to be fertilized, do prune it. Like I have, mm. a, and you know, it's very intentional. Yeah. Whereas a habit to me, like a habit could be like... Hitting the snooze on the alarm. That's yeah, a habit. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a ritual, though. I think there's a lot of uh, luminous dreaming that could happen. Sure, yeah. I mean, but uh, no, it's interesting. I think it's fun to think about different different things that we consider a ritual and switch the word habit for it and vice versa just to kind of play with the concepts. But I, I, I think your insight of a ritual tends to be more intentional and a habit is, is perhaps something, oh, it just that's become a habit. Yeah. But, but so we almost have a more negative connotation. But functionally, they're similar, like right? It's a, it's a, it's something you do on the regular yeah. to some extent. You've comes, said this like you know, ritual is a bit of a loaded word for some people because of the religious. Well, that's why I backed away from it yeah. a bit and I try to leave with habits, but I, I like to just engage the conversation and get different people and I'm kind of working it out myself because we have these words, habits and rituals which we've heard many many times in many many different contexts so we have a con we you know we have we understand what they mean but if we really try to dig in and understand how are they different or how are they the same then things can become a little bit you hear the phrase bad habits you don't ever hear the phrase bad rituals i mean you could but i guess there are right <laughs> no, i mean there are bad rituals
Well, thank you, Kaylee Forsyth, for getting on the Weather of the Mind podcast and uh, helping us break down some thoughts on plant, plant work, and emotional health. And a reminder to keep your eyes out for the second half of this interview in a couple of weeks. Until then, keep living and learning. Focus on hydration. Figure out ways to get better sleep. Just be kind to yourself. And, of course, be kind to others. But you're probably pretty good at that. But be kind to yourself, too. All right. I wish you the best. Much love.